Rabotai, today's breakfast is sponsored in loving memory of Pauline Shorstein Alea Shalom, who was murdered, murdered on Kristallnacht by the Nazis Yemach Shumam, sponsored by Stephen Rapport, the Berachot Aleilu Nishmata as well, in loving memory of Randy Abdan Alea Shalom, Leilu Nishmat, uh, Rina Batester, sponsored by her brother Michael Abdan. Yaakov Avinu makes a, uh, a very interesting uh, covenant. He swears to God. He says, God, if you give me, if you give me bread to eat, and clothing to wear, and you give me, you know, what's it called, and you bring me back to the land of Israel, you, you do these things for me, what am I going to do? I'm going to, you know, if you, if you do all, that's also part of the condition. If you do all that for me, what does he say? If you do all that for me, then what's it called? Then the, the result will be that I will follow in your ways and I will, everything you give me, I will give you ma'aser. According to some people, they learn means that he gave 20%, not just 10, because the highest a person's allowed to give of ma'aser is 20% because we're worried that he's going to become poor himself. I would like to focus on something else. Why is it that Yaakov Avinu made specifically these conditions? How come he didn't say to God, you know, if you make me uh, tall, skinny, you know, with blonde hair? How come he didn't say, if you bring me a shiduch? He's literally going on his way to make a shiduch. So what's the point? What's the point of asking for all these things? He, why didn't he ask for the thing that he's going towards? So there's many different answers to this. But uh, I think part of the context is you have to understand where Yaakov was at that moment and why this was his concern with God. The, uh, the uh, Chazal tell us that when Yaakov left, he's overtaken by a certain person named Eliphaz. Eliphaz was the son of Esav, who was also the Talmud, the student of Yaakov Avinu. And I want you to listen to what a mixed up student sounds like. He turns up to Yaakov, he catches up with him. Yaakov says, yes, Eliphaz. Eliphaz says to him, look, I have a mitzvah I need to fulfill. He says, what's the mitzvah? He says, kibud avayim. What's the mitzvah kibud avayim? My father sent me to kill you. This is what he's telling his rabbi. Yaakov says to him, well, you know, that's not ideal. <laughs> so Eliphaz says, okay, so what should I do? I don't want to kill you because you're my rabbi, but also I have to listen to my father. What does Yaakov mean to tell him? He says, take everything that I have. Take all that I have, everything. And if I'm Ani, if I'm a, a person who has no money, I have nothing to, me, to my name, then Ani Chashuv... Kemet, a person who's a poor person, he has a status like a person who's dead. Because sometimes a person in the throes of poverty would actually wish that he wasn't even alive. And when a person's in that state, it's not actually considered like they're living. So he says, that way, I'll be considered dead. You can go back to your father and tell him you, you, Yaakov's dead. Not only that, by the way, listen to the extent of this. So he says to Yaakov Avinu, well, he told me I have to bring back your head. So Yaakov says, tell him on the way back you came upon a lion and you threw him my head and that's how you resulted, that's why you came back empty-handed or empty-headed. Right? This is the story. So first of all, I want to focus on two different points. Point number one. A lot of times we think we're doing the right things. We think we're being very religious. We think we're fulfilling mitzvot. And you could do the biggest sins in the world on your way to do mitzvot. Look at this guy. 
I'm doing kibbur avayim. I gotta kill this other guy because I have to do kibbur avayim. What do you mean? There's no mitzvah to kill someone for kibbur avayim. And the funniest thing is, why does Yaakov, his rabbi, not say, "You worried about kibbur avayim? Patur min hamitzvah." In fact, how do we know that he's patur? The Gemara says, if you're, if you're, uh, someone asks your father asks you to do something which contravenes your your hayuvim to God, then you're not obligated to listen to your father. Why? The words of the Gemara are afhu hayav bichvodi. So you're responsible to honor him, but he's responsible to honor me. So don't worry about listening to him because his obligation to me comes before yours. Why does Yaakov not tell Eliphaz that he's patur because it's against the Torah? And the answer is because Yaakov knew that Eliphaz would not listen. Now, there's so many lessons. I said this the other day. The most beautiful lessons in the Torah, I feel, are not the frontal lessons that you pick up that everyone understands because it's said directly to you. But it's what you pick up from the context, the subtext of the narrative. Number one, why could Yaakov not tell him that he's not obligated? You know why? Because Esav did one mitzvah at home. What was the mitzvah? Kibudav. His, his response, number one was Kibudav. There's no way you could tell a child who grew up with such a strong keeping of that mitzvah at home that there's something that comes before Kibudav. There's no way. Even murder comes second to Kibudav because that's what he learned at home. You see the power of Chinuch. Lesson, subtext, context, lesson number one. Lesson number two. As we said, a person can do any avon in the world if he thinks he's doing the right thing. How many times do you shamble someone? Oh, it's his, his, his benefit. I'm doing it for him. Otherwise, he's never going to learn. We're capable of murder and still thinking while we're murdering the guy that what? We're doing a mitzvah. Unbelievable. Yaakov then says to him, take everything in its chashuv kemet. Now, Eliphaz, he's only too happy to let his rabbi live and still do good by his father. He takes all of his money, everything that he has, including his clothing, and Yaakov is left there with no money, bezillet, nothing to eat, nothing to drink, in the middle of the road. Now you hear Yaakov Avinu. Please, vayidor Yaakov neder. Yaakov promises, if you give me beged lilbosh, clothing, lechem le'echol, where is he now? And this, I think, is a tremendous lesson as well. Yaakov Avinu came from a house that was very rich. How rich was the house of Yaakov Avinu? It was so wealthy that Yaakov, when he was living back at home in, the fa- in his, ha- his father's house, Yitzchak is living with Avimelech, and Avimelech tells Yitzchak, get lost. You know why? Because until you were in my town, I was the king of this country. Now you're so wealthy that the people of the town are saying, Zevil pardesotav shel Yitzchak, the dung, the fertilizer of Isaac's fields, I'd rather have that, that's worth more, than the kesef v'zahav of Avimelech. So his fertilizer was worth more than the silver and gold of the king. This is how wealthy Yaakov was, coming from this house. This is his inheritance, he just got the berachot. But the wealthiest person in the world, you take everything away from him. What becomes the most important thing? What you need to live. When we are accustomed to the niceties, to the fine things in life, those are our necessities. When they get taken away, we realize, I don't need that. I don't need any of that. Vaidor Yaakov Neder. And he says, if you give me bege lilbosh, lechem lechol, ushmarani, I have food, 
I have drink, I have comfort, I feel safe, I know that I have a home to return to. Those, the basics of human existence, I promise you for that, just alone for that, God, I will dedicate myself to you forever, eternally. It's so important not to allow the gift of ashirut, the gift of wealth, of comfort, of success, to blind us as to what you actually need in life. And to think to yourself, if that alone is capable of being called life, how much time, effort, focus are we going to give, risk, throw away in order to get things that are unnecessary? What will we ignore in our lives in order to have things that are just extras? And you know what? At the end of the day, are those the important things to us? And I, my favorite example for this is children. There's nothing more precious to us than our children. And why do we go to work? We go to work for our children, our wives. That's what we go to work for. But Rabotai, the crazy thing is, once you get to a certain place and you can provide for their needs in a healthy way, in a happy way, they can be fulfilled. I'm not talking about being starving or anything. I'm not talking about not having not good clothes to wear. But there's levels. At a certain level, you have to know where the kill switch is. So that the thing that you're getting in order to provide you with uh, what you need to have a happy life begins to rob you of that happy life. And it takes all your atzabim and your nerves and your stress and your time. And the whole point was for your wife and children. The whole point was to be able to have... And in the end, you have a guy working well into his 70s and 80s, people are still retiring. And for what? For what? Beged lil bosh. Lechem lechol. Shmarani Hashem protects me. I have a place to go home to again. If a person has this, what do they need? Da kani machaser. If I was koneh this, what's missing? Da lo kani. But I always think that this is what you have to ask. People, when you ask them, what does a person need? What do they need? Da kani. When we're looking at what we need, we have very big wide eyes. Do you know how you know what you really need? Ask the question in its reverse. Da lo kani machaser. What if I didn't have it would be detrimental to life. And you start to hear people talk this way. And we need checks and balances for this. People say, you know, I, without my phone, I can't, I can't live without my phone. I can't let, you know, my, the doorman, I can't live without the doorman. What would I do? What would I do if I had to park my car myself? You know, at what stage do we not call ourselves out and recognize that we're giving away life itself. We're giving away the best life, the best things that life has to offer for things that are just, they add 5%, 10% enjoyment. And you know what? Do a survey. You know, do a survey of the happy people that you meet and ask yourself if there's a direct correlation between people's happiness and their earning power. Ask yourself that question. And sometimes, if a person has a moment of clarity, and I think maybe this is one of Yaakov's moments, when he's got no, absolutely nothing, and Yaakov says, you know, everything else is extra. By the way, even getting married is an extra. Isn't that interesting? Because we look at marriage and we think that, but could a person live without it? He can. He can. Yaakov is back to basics now, back to baseline. Every once in a while we need to hit the reset button. 
We should be zocheh be'ezrat Hashem. And I think about every time I read one of these signs at the at the at breakfast, in loving memory of, in loving memory of, in loving memory of. If you ask them now what they missed about this world, Pauline Shorstein or Rina Bat Esther, you know, would they tell you it was the doorman, no, or, or the or the extra gown or the clothing or the, you know, if they could spend five minutes with their husband, their wife, with their children, that would be everything. So we've got the five minutes, but we throw things that we have away in search of new things. And when, we, when everything gets taken from us, then the things that we were throwing away become the most important and impressive things to us in our life. Rabbi Hananya ben Akasha Omer,